0: Yo, 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 welcome to episode number 12 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, The27Guy. I just got done with the Jazz-Spurs game, and I'm mad because the Jazz lost another winnable game against one of the best two teams in the league. The Spurs are awesome, and they the Jazz had a chance to win it. They were ahead in the last minute, um, but Rodney Hood missed a game potentially game winning three at the buzzer and so it is he did have 13 points and like five boards and four assists in the fourth quarter so can't be too mad at my guy hood he had a great game and he was the the big reason that they came back but man the jazz the um mavericks the grizzlies and the rockets are in a four-team race for the last three playoff spots in the west and one of those four teams Will miss out, and we have to hope it's the Grizzlies (laughs) because they certainly can't do anything in the playoffs. If you're a fan of basketball and you just want to see good series, you want to see Memphis lose. I'm well aware, uh, or Memphis not make it. I'm well aware that none of those teams are going to probably win more than maybe a game against either the Warriors or the Spurs. But like we've seen with the Jazz, they at least can can play a competitive game or at least they have a hope of playing a competitive game, whereas the Grizzlies at this point are a shell of themselves, and they're just going to get destroyed. So go Jazz, uh, go Mavericks. Actually, I just hope everybody besides the Jazz lose so, so that they get in, but hopefully Memphis doesn't make it. Anyway, there's my moment of Jazz fandom for you. Um, a huge thank you to those of you who have been listening. I uh, really appreciate that. I, seriously. It's it's been awesome, and I'm grateful for those of you who've who've tweeted me questions, and PM'd me on blowout. Um, remember, you can follow me at the Twenty Seven Guy, and I'll always uh, tw- tweet out uh, if I've done any articles on the blog, or if I've done any um, extra podcasts. Um, A few of you have asked me a couple of questions. One question that I've gotten a couple of times has been, where are the conversational pieces that I've been promising? I think a lot of you kind of realize that that's where the power of this is, and I agree. Um, And they're coming. Uh, I still just need to work out some things. This is my busy season. I'm an accountant, and it's a busy time for me. Not because I do taxes. I actually don't do taxes, but um, we just finished up our audit last week, and we have a a couple other sort of big projects, big things that are that are going on the end around the middle of May. Um, but I think my busiest time of the year should be over at this point. So hopefully that gets better. The other thing is I had somebody ask me if um, if we would continue to do this into the off-season. I plan on doing this pretty much every week. If I'm not going to do it, I'll send out a tweet and let you guys know that I'm not going to do it or at least post on the blog that I'm not going to do it. Uh, like I said grateful for those of you guys who' who've, who've uh, kind of kind of made this part of your weekly thing and that's or your weekly ritual and to me that's really cool I, I hope that I hope that we can continue to have interaction that we can make the show something that you really look forward to and if you're uh, if you're somebody who works at a desk all day and ha- has the ability to just listen to a podcast while you work sometimes hopefully this will um, hopefully this will be will, will work for you I also think that draft, the draft is the, the one of the most fun times of the year for me in terms of basketball. I think of the draft as kind of my basketball Christmas. Love the trades that happen around that time. Love the jockeying for position. Um, and as a big Jazz fan, I just love to see who they can who they who they pick each year. Last year, I was hoping that the Jazz would get Frank Kaminsky, and we ended up with Trey Lyles. And we find out that again, the Jazz front office knows a lot more than I do. I still wanted to take Kawhi Leonard instead of Alec Burks and um, have some other ones that I've been right on, but I've been wrong. They've been a lot smarter than I have, so take that for whatever it's worth. Um, Whether you guys uh, will listen to what I have to say during those sort of summer um <laughs> summer podcasts. I don't know, but I think it's important to keep it going and to keep it consistent. Uh, we may do some story time podcasts and stuff like that. Going back to the draft real quick, seeing what, uh, some of these guys did in the tournament was awesome. Um, I'm actually really interested to see if Marcus Page gets picked up. He was just nails in that championship game and really Completely impressed me. Not just with that last three pointer, but he was the reason that North Carolina was still in that game, where a lot of those, a lot of their bigs and their wings, those younger guys, kind of shrunk toward the end of the game. He was just nails. Uh, I think that guy. I think that guy's got a chance, and he's probably not going to get drafted. If he does, he'll probably be a late second round pick. Um, But I think he's got a shot. I would I'd love to see the Jazz give him a chance other than the fact that they've already got probably four point guards once Exum gets healthy. So look out for that kid, though. Um, Sometimes the the more senior guys uh, out of UNC and these big programs get people. People don't watch him. I think Danny Green is one of those guys uh, who came out late um, and people didn't really watch him. But there's a reason that they were recruited by North Carolina. Kentucky guys are the same way if they get recruited there even if they don't get a lot of playing time sometimes it may just be because There's somebody who's not a good matchup for them who's ahead of them um, Somebody who's been promised time and so watch out for that kid watch out for Sabonis at a Gonzaga um, I'm hyped for Jakob Purtle, who went to my alma mater um, Brandon Ingram, obviously Simmons People are down on Simmons right now, but that's a unique skill set, man. That kid's got a chance to do some things. I don't know if he's got the attitude to do it. Uh, That's what everybody's talking about, at least. But the playmaking for the skill for the athleticism at that position is super valuable in today's NBA. And so look out for that guy. The other thing I want to draw your attention to, you probably already know it if you're listening to this podcast, but National Treasures comes out next month. I don't know what date it's scheduled for, but I know it's scheduled for May. Um, and so for me, the only question is, will that continue to be the best true rookie? Uh, I didn't think it would last year. I thought that they would come out with something else, um, but they didn't. They didn't kill that brand. Um, and they would, if if they kill the rookie, then if they kill the RPA out of that by putting out a better RPA, I think that kills National Treasures. I wish I could just ask Panini and just have them sit and have them say, yeah, that'll be our best rookie card. Cause if it is, that's still one of the products of the year. I just get worried that it won't be. Um, but where this rookie class has been so surprisingly good with Porzingis and towns and even the Devin Booker, like this draft is like 14 strong. Um, I've mentioned before miles Turner, we're hyped about trail Isles here in Utah. He doesn't get as much time as he would on some other teams because our front court is so strong, but, um, Derek Favors is one of the most underrated players in the league. I, I think you can make the case that he might be the most underrated player in the league, especially from a hobby perspective. That guy is – I think he's top 10 in the league in PER. At least he was close to that last time I saw. Um, great defensively. Has some offensive game, and we just die without him, except for now we've got Trey Lyles to, to kind of fill in as well. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of those other guys uh, from that class that are, that are absolutely killing it. All right, um, two things. The Two, I- two items of, uh, on the agenda for today. Um, first, the tournament was awesome. And the final game, in my humble opinion, was the best basketball game I've ever seen and possibly the best basketball game of all time. And I know you hear people say things like that and you think, oh, that's crazy. That's dumb. Why would he say that? I think given the stakes, given that you're talking about a national championship game and in the final five seconds of that national championship game, two absolutely unbelievable NBA three-point range shots were hit. One that was a double clutch, like legs sticking out in the wrong directions, avoiding the block shot three-pointer from Marcus Page that was unreal, was one of the best shots I've ever seen at the end of a game. And then the other was a perfectly drawn-up offensive sequence from one end of the court to the other with a brilliant pass and, and pass an immediate screen that nobody's bringing up. He keeps running to avoid letting the and the defender can't foul right there because the if the defender fouls, they go to the free-throw line and they, they win. And that's it. That's the game. And so you know the open three pointer and money and jenkins man i i don't know if that guy could be could play in the nba with this, his sort of lack of at least my what i what i felt like was a lack of athleticism but he just he was so smooth and just didn't even care he just seemed like yeah whatever not not a big deal awesome like it was honestly i think given the circumstances of the game given the way that the game went down, given the level that both teams rose to. They both played great. You know, you can point to some some mistakes along the way. But they both played really well at the end of the game. Nobody really faltered under that pressure. They were awesome. One of the best games I've ever seen. And like I said, might be the best game ever played. I don't say that lightly. I can't think of another game that competes with it. Show me another game that went into the... the Another national championship game that had that sort of ending, not just on the last shot, but the play by both teams and the three that was before that. A two-play sequence close to that. There was the Derek Fisher um, turnaround jumper that I think Robert O'Reilly hit a shot right before. No, it might have been Duncan. I think it was Duncan. That was amazing. You know, that's going back back 10, 12, uh, maybe more than that, 12 or 14 years ago now. I can't think of anything since then that's been anywhere near as cool as this. So hats off to both teams. Congratulations to Villanova. I'd love to know what it feels like to to win win it all. None of my teams ever have. Um, But congratulations to them and congratulations to you fans out there. The other thing that I want to talk about is tis the season in the NBA. This is the season where the most flipping, the most... um, the most speculation happens. Now's the time to call your bet in terms of cards and the NBA and what will happen in the finals and in the playoffs. And it's awesome. A lot of people have already called their bet with Steph Curry. You see some more people who are starting to call their bet with Kawhi Leonard. P.S. I moved my um, flawless Kawhi Leonard autograph to 10 already not because I don't, not because I think it's done growing. I think it actually will, will continue to grow. Um, I bought it for, it's public. I, I bought it for six sixty five. Um, I think six sixty five off eBay. I sold it for at least a few hundred dollars more than that, let's say, um, direct. And so, um, was able to, you know, clear at least a couple hundred bucks on that. Uh, that's, uh, you know, for me, just to be able to make that, make that quick cash, I, I don't say, I don't, I, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't mention how much I made, and that, that might come, come across as arrogant, or, or prideful, or whatever, but, um, I, eh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that, but anyway, um, I'll have to think if, if I do that in the future, but it's already on the podcast, and so I'm not going to go cut it out now, so, anyway, um, Sometimes it's good to just realize your gain and move on from something and I might kick myself later I mean later that Kawhi Leonard card could be worth a few thousand dollars and I might just look back and think oh you dummy Why did you do that? He's a baller Kawhi Leonard is freaking awesome And in any normal season would be winning an NBA and winning would win an MVP a guy who I talked about, you know Last week a guy who's shooting almost 90% from the line over 50 from the field second in the NBA in three-point shooting. Oh, by the way, he's the best defender in the world. That's never been done before, and uh, he's awesome. Um, and then, you know, obviously Steph Curry is awesome and having an even more historic uh, season, and Steph absolutely should be the MVP. But the question that I think that needs to be asked, and if you don't listen to anything else in the podcast, I'd say this is probably the most worthwhile thing because this is not the way that people think. People with investments and with cards, whether you like it or not, cards typically are viewed as an investment now. Um, whether you're look, um, whatever you're looking at in terms of investments, people have a tendency to buy when things are on the rise. And they have a tendency to sell when things are, when things are falling in value people have a tendency to buy when things are overvalued and have a tendency to sell when things are undervalued and that last point just doesn't make any sense what you want to look for is when things when investments are undervalued and the perfect example of this and really one time where I was really pretty confident in myself and I I really heavily extended myself was the Anthony Davis situation two years ago. Anthony Davis, coming into last season, was criminally undervalued. His cards were worth less than Kyrie Irving and less than Damian Lillard. And those are two good players, especially Damian. Damian Lillard is a great player. But he was pretty clearly looking at his statistics a guy who had a chance to be an all-world talent and I didn't know whether he'd stay healthy but I looked at his numbers and I thought if this guy stays healthy his values have to increase he's not worth this little especially when you compare him to those other guys and I had the feeling looking at the the end of his previous season look this is a guy who's going to take off this year He's going to be, and, and the market's going to correct itself. Now sometimes, especially in a market like the sports card market, sometimes the, the market doesn't correct itself. Because we're not talking about stocks that have a real legitimate value to them, where a company produces monetary value. We're talking about something that's based on popularity, and something that's based on a market that can be manipulated, and a market that is very imperfect, right? Just very, very imperfect. And so um, you've got to look for for opportunities. If you're somebody who's looking to make a profit in this this market, you've got to look for opportunities where you can find items that are undervalued. And at the same time, you have to be able to recognize when things are overvalued. Now, I've talked about this before, and... Going back to the Steph Curry um, podcasts that I did on his Tops Rookie, what what did I say? If, if you've been listening to the podcast, you heard what I said. I said, this isn't a $400 card. Don't pay this. And now it's right around $200. Um, I, I saw one with a couple of minutes to go. That it was 180 I don't know if it ended up going higher than that. But I, I hate to tell you guys, that's... It has a ways to fall. So it can fall more than that. Um, and again, what happened? What happened to Steph Curry that one of his cards would lose tw- over half of its value? That doesn't make sense. He's still the best player in the world. They're still probably going to win over seventy-two games. They're probably going to set the record. I, I mean, I'd, if you're a betting man, you'd have to bet at this point. They're they're going to set the record. I think they've. I think tonight they're going to win seventy, or tomorrow, or I don't know. I've kind of lost track. I should be watching, but anyway, the Jazz almost beat him. <laughs> Again, they lost. Um, but the the question is, is something is it is it undervalued, properly valued, or overvalued? That tops rookie is overvalued. Still at two hundred dollars, it is. There's like twenty five thousand of those cards. That would mean that the tops Steph Curry has a market cap of five million dollars. Means if you add all the top's top Steph Curry rookies and cards together you'd get five million. That is not right. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not true. The mark market cap for LeBron's exquisite rookie is nowhere near that, right? Like come on people. <laughs> We're smarter than this. I'm sorry. I I just think I think it was pretty obviously manipulated. I don't know who did it. I don't know why they did it. I think it'll continue to go down, but I didn't mean to get into the tops. I didn't mean for that to be like, and I told you guys so moment, but it really was. It was like, duh, duh, duh. And I told you guys, and that's what happened. So whatever. Um, So what's undervalued and what's overvalued? Well, there's a chance that maybe some of Steph Curry's stuff still is undervalued. Um, And there's definitely, I mean, you look back a few months ago, I will definitely say that if you look back to where Steph Curry's tops rookie was selling for 40 and $50, that was undervalued, right? I think it, I think it's clearly over a $40 card. I think it's clearly probably an 80 $75 to $80 card. Is, I think I think is where it's going to settle in. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll sell for more or less, or whatever. But um, there may be other ones that are, that are undervalued. I don't know. But a player isn't always what's overvalued or undervalued. Sometimes it's a specific card or a specific brand. Um, sometimes it's noticing some of those things. And sometimes it really is a player is undervalued. I can tell you this. Looking back three to six months ago, Kawhi Leonard was definitely undervalued. And he went under the radar as, again, having an, an MVP-type season for months. And now here we are, and people are jumping on the bandwagon. Because I think people look at the Spurs. They look at their their point differential, which is greater than the Warriors. Yes, I know that the Warriors set their guys at the end of the game, and so their point differential could be greater. But the Spurs tend to do that, too. And... The styles are very different, and the Spurs have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I'm not saying I'd bet on the Warriors either. I think it's going to be a great series. I think it has the potential to be a great series. Obviously, health and so many things can factor into that. The Warriors may be in trouble, though, because they've worked so hard to get to 73. And then, depending on who they get in the first round and, and then how the series with the Clippers goes, assuming that the Clippers can get through the, the Blazers, I have to give myself credit on something else. I mentioned about six, maybe eight weeks ago that I thought that the Blazers would pass the Grizzlies and that the Blazers would give the Clippers a run for their money. Well, here we are, and look what's about to happen. The Blazers are going to pass the Grizzlies. That's going to happen at this point. They're going to play the Clippers in the first round, and that is going to be a dogfight. You do not want to go against Damian Lillard in the playoffs. I do not, I do not like that team That, I would not want to go against that team if I was the Clippers. But you didn't get in the top three spots, and so that's what you get. You get to face the the Blazers. Having said that, if I was the Clippers, I wouldn't want to face the Jazz either. So, even though the Jazz may not make the playoffs. Anyways, um, so, um, where was I? Yeah, undervalued versus properly valued versus overvalued. Kawhi Leonard has been undervalued for the longest time. Now you look at where he's at. I think you know where his Prism rookies are selling for twenty-five or thirty dollars. I don't know that there's a whole lot of upside past that. That kind of seemed like it was their their peak. If I was holding fifty Prism rookies of Kawhi Leonard, like I did that same year of Kawhi, of uh, Kyrie, and I did of Anthony Davis, I'd sell between twenty and twenty-five, and I'd move on because there's too many products that year. It's not like the Steph Curry year where there's Few low-end rookie cards, and in the case of the tops, uh, Curry one tops product. Um, there's a lot of Prism Select sort of type rookie cards that year for Kawhi in that 2012, 2000, 2011 through through 2013 rookie classes. Those two rookie classes, um, but some of the high-end stuff. I almost pulled the trigger on a very big um, jersey uh uh, Kawhi Leonard ended up not pulling the trigger on it um, probably should have uh, he his super high end stuff has a chance to go crazy I think especially if they go out and they beat the Warriors you know what what's a Kawhi Leonard National Treasures rookie worth right now about 1500 bucks ish depending on obviously patch and all that sort of stuff I think you can find them around 1500 dollars, um, and some of them are obviously more expensive than that uh, I think you can get a 9.5 for around three grand, if, even with a, with a nice patch. Um, that sort of stuff could go up a ton. Um, the Immaculate Rookie could go up a ton. I almost bought some of those. Um, but now he's gone up so much over the course of the last few weeks, and there's so much buzz that you, you can sense that the people who were looking to sell them have sold them, and the people who have them now aren't as anxious. They see the same sort of upside. So that undervalued changes. So the question is, who is undervalued going into the playoffs. This is where legacies are written. This is where um, real value changes for these guys. And so if you can, if you can look out there at the, at you know, who's gonna be playing who, if you can look out there and figure out who's going to perform in a way that the masses are gonna notice them in a way that they haven't noticed them before. If you can find somebody like that, you can find somebody who's undervalued and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good a player it is is in terms of buying and selling them. What matters is whether they're undervalued, overvalued, or properly valued. Um, I have a few ideas on that. I will not be sharing them with you. I just told you that Kawhi Leonard was one. I don't know that he is anymore. There may be some others, though. So uh, good luck figuring out which, one, which of those guys I'm thinking of. Um, Again, thank you guys for those of you who are listening. Thank you so, so much for the questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you for for making this kind of cool. Um, as you guys know, I'm not like getting paid for any, for any of this. It's just all for fun. So seriously, I hope you guys enjoy it. If there's anything that you'd like me to cover here, let me know. Again, the conver- conversational pieces will come, I promise. Um, And I think that that's where the power of the podcast really will be. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So thank you again for listening. Have a great week. Enjoy the playoffs before the playoffs. And happy collecting.